Well, hey, and welcome to episode 43 of the Gospel for Everyone podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Krismer, and we're so glad you're here. Well, on today's episode, Jason, Josh, and I sit down and we discuss the role of women in the local church, and we also talk about how we plan to land the plane on the Gospel for Everyone podcast as our Roman series comes to a close next week. As always, if you've not yet listened to the message from Sunday, I do encourage you to pause now, go back and do so before continuing on in this episode, as it's going to help this conversation make much more sense to you. Well, thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoy. Hey guys, good morning. Happy Monday. Hey guys, what's up? Not too much. We uh we were just in an argument about some worship song stuff. We want to start there. <laughs> hey, we did say that we would pick up part two of last week's conversation about concerts you have been to. So oh, we did yeah, have a lot of people that. talk about I had a few people that were pleasantly surprised by our knowledge of Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, I don't think we're going to call ourselves Swifties, but no, we had more knowledge than I think people realized. I will say, so I've not listened to much Taylor Swift at all. So after that conversation, I was driving somewhere and I threw on like some of the hits from the most recent albums and I was not into it. Really? I just, yeah, I don't know. I thought I would be, I was excited. Just like, Oh, it's been a while since I've heard any of her music. I should probably go ahead and throw one on. And I just wasn't, it wasn't engaging for me. Interesting. So, yeah. I'm, I imagine you don't listen to her much. She didn't. She's not on. on the country radio anymore. Easy. So. I, I like I, legitimately. It is yeah. true. No. Right. Yeah. So concerts. What concerts have you been to that would, let's go, let's make it fun. So concerts that would surprise people. A concert you've been to that people would be like, oh, interesting. Like if I. If Jason said, yeah, man, I went to a T-Swift concert. Celine Dion. I'd be surprised. <laughs> I would. I'd be a little surprised, right? That hadn't happened. Yeah. Man. So what's Like, a- I couldn't afford it, even if I wanted to. That's the- Celine Dion? No, no, no. Taylor Swift. Uh, back in the day, you could have. Uh, yeah, but I've never. So what's a concert you've been to that people would go, oh, that's interesting? I don't know. I haven't been to that many. I'm not a big concert guy. Uh, you don't like people. <laughs> and loud, loud crowds uh i don't think there's any surprising so in the last five years let's think i've been to um garth brooks hmm that that was killer yeah dan got to go to one yeah he's great um uh, why am i blanking on his name rhett atkinson what's his name uh Oh my gosh, Rhett Atkinson. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah, you do. If I said it, he's a country guy. You would know. Like old country or no, new country? He's new country. Rhett yeah. Atkins was old country. He was nineties. Yeah, see, I know that country. What's his son's name? Thomas could... Rhett. There you go. Yeah, that's his son. Thomas oh, so Rhett. he took his dad's first name. He did. That's interesting. Interesting. Didn't want to go with the Atkins. I get it. Okay. Yeah. So Rhett Atkins. So, or I'm sorry, Thomas Rhett. Uh, went to his concert. Um, I'm trying to remember what else. Oh, Carrie Underwood. Oh, took my wife to Carrie Underwood a few years ago. Uh, that may be a little surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big Carrie Underwood fan 10 years ago. 
Really? Like, yeah, I like Carrie Underwood. She was great. Interesting. That is funny. I don't know that I have any that would be a surprise. And I also, I think I maybe said this last week, I'm not a big live music guy anymore. So when I was in high school, when I was younger and, and more involved in music, um, I was going to smaller local shows like every week. I mean, it was kind of a regular thing. My whole friend group would, would show up to shows all around the valley, like pretty regularly. Um, and after that, it was like, I, so I never really went to any larger concerts. Now there are two in my mind that I did go to that probably aren't su- surprising at all, but Tempe Town Lakes, I don't know if they still do this. They would have like the, uh, this big summer music festival every summer. Uh, and twice when I went, uh, Blink-182 was the headliner. Mm. So anyone that knows me is like, yeah, that, that checks out for sure. But Interesting. Um, so saw the those shows. But with them came, I mean, there were 30 or 40, multiple stages, that sort of thing. So 30 or 40 different bands that would uh, would play at these things. So I saw all sorts of, you know, fringe bands that are kind of around that altar. Like Jimmy Eat World, I saw a couple of times there. Um, I saw a couple of um, alternative bands, pop punk bands. There were some uh ska bands that were there too which was weird but fallout boy i saw there, uh, there were oh, all, all sorts i could of, get down fallout boy yeah there were all sorts of like go. that brand of music that it, war- it, it sounds like the warp tour. it was very similar it was like a one day kind of kind of similar to warp tour sort yeah. of vibe um but for older people because it was not like i mean it was 10 years ago now but it was like a bunch of people like my age now it's like 30s 30 year olds so oh yeah what about you, Josh? I feel like you've got some out there. Oh, ones. I've got some out there ones, boys. So my first ever concert was New Kids on the Block. What? Yep. That's In the crazy. Valley. First ever concert I went to was New Kids on the Block. Uh, Snoop Dogg checks out. I don't know if NKYTB checks out. New Kids on the Block, first ever concert. One of the coolest concerts I saw was Charlie Daniels after he became a believer. In the Aronoff Center in Danville, Kentucky. It's like a small indoor concert arena. Like, sit down. Me and a buddy went. Somebody in church had tickets. And they're like, hey, you guys want to go to Charlie Daniels? And we were like, yeah, let's go to Charlie Daniels. We were by far the youngest people in that crowd. For sure. But it was cool. He played a couple hymns on his violin. He did, obviously, his classics. Charlie Daniels was pretty awesome. Um, Let's see. Uh, I saw Tom Petty and Steve Winwood in Indianapolis. That was a. Uh, I would go see Tom Petty. That's that one. A, I would go see Tom Petty for that sure. A, that was a killer show. That was a great one. Uh, saw Fogarty and Mellencamp together in Cincinnati. So John Fogarty and John Cougar Mellencamp. It was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, they were, they were rocking and rolling. Saw Jay Z and Mary J. Blige in the United Center in Chicago. I drove. That was yeah. That was an awesome concert. That was a really fun one. Seen Brad Paisley a few times and saw Coldplay. Um, Her Coldplay's good live. They were. They yeah. were really good live. Uh, they were Pete Yorn, he, little obscure, but he was great. He was. I think he was with Coldplay that night. Um, so, yeah, man, I've I've seen some uh, yeah. Leonard Skinner. Hmm. So here's the Leonard Skinner, Thirty Eight Special, Hank Williams Jr. All what? all three together. Wow. Hank Williams Jr. is like a jukebox. He is a walking (laughs) jukebox. He played everything. Yeah. Like literally, that man played it all. It was incredible. He was he was really good. Um trying to think like small obscure bands. You know, I haven't seen a ton, but like I said, 
coolest was seeing Taylor Swift at 16. I was like, oh, she'll be good. And here we are. Yeah, that is cool. There were two that that just came into my mind that I totally forgot about. So uh, these were both Courtney and I went uh, one with a group of friends when she was maybe still in college uh, to GCU. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to Switchfoot at all, but uh, Switchfoot is big, you know, kind of French Christian band. They're kind of big deal. So they are. They've written actually a couple of really, really good albums uh, in the last, you know, five or 10 years here. But uh, John Foreman's their front man. He's the, you know, plays guitar singer. Um, he has a bunch of solo music. So talking, we were talking about songwriting earlier and this dude is like, I mean, could probably write a song a day for the rest of his life. Like he's just a really gifted songwriter. Um, but all of his solo stuff is more acoustic. So it was him and a cellist and that was it. And you know, he was doing a lot of his solo stuff, uh, but also did some switchfoot songs, which was really cool, uh, in the GCU basketball arena there on campus. And then the other one I just thought of was uh, Courtney and I a few years ago, maybe four years ago now, went down and we saw uh, Need to Breathe, which is another one of those, like kind of the fringe of yeah. cr- Christian music, yeah. CCM. Uh, like they're not Christian artists, but they are Christians who are performing artists right. mostly. We saw them and uh, who opened uh, Johnny Swim opened for them. So I don't know if you guys have ever listened to Johnny Swim, husband nope. and wife duo. And the dude, I uh, forget, uh, forget his name, but he is like one of the most talented musicians I've ever seen live. Like very, very gifted. Um, yeah, they're they're actually really good. You guys should listen to them. Johnny Smith. Interesting. Very good. I saw Black Keys. They were great. So it's mm. just the drummer and then the guitar guy. Yeah. It's just those two dudes in the band. Yeah. The drummer is incredible. He had like a 10-minute solo drum. It was like, it was awesome. Like, so that, was a, that was an awesome concert. So my first one was Rich Mullins way <laughs> back in the day. Yes. I love me some Rich Mullins. I still got his 80s albums. Oh. Uh, got mm. to see Darius Rucker. Ooh. So that was fun. That was a good one. Did he, do any Hootie? Hootie? Did he, do he did any? He did some Hootie stuff. Oh. And so Classic. Hootie's first album was amazing. Really? It, was, it, was a, it was a great one. Uh, took my wife a couple of years ago down to see uh, Keith Urban because she's got mm. the hots for Keith Urban. Mm. So he was great. Uh, I did feel better about my life because he had to like stand on a box. Like yeah. the whole thing. he's a short dude. He's a short dude. Stood on a box and play, but he was great. And Kelsey Ballerini was with him on that one. Um, but to bring up Switchfoot. Yeah. Uh, back when I did student ministry back in Illinois, I was part of the planning committee for what was back then called the Illinois Christian Teen Convention, and part of the convention we'd bring in somebody like that and yeah. so we brought in switchfoot uh one year nice. and had them do a concert at the convention so do uh, they do the winter jam here you know it's like 10 bucks for a did. ticket they did it down at pv oh really? yeah it's like oh. 10 bucks for a ticket it's a bunch of big time christian yeah. dc talk i think i did see dc talk one time back in the day but i was what's the one they do downtown there's the uh oh man it's something fest over the summer, they always do like a. It's a bunch of CCM artists that they're none of them. They're all like B-list CCM yeah. artists. But there's one that they do on the square downtown every year. I forget the name of it. I saw Chris. I mean, I've seen like Crowder a few times and random places. Oh, I've got a cool Crowder story. We can Ooh, go there for yeah. a minute. So Let's do it. Not to take this too long. Uh, so I lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan. My my family, both parents and uh, and both sisters, live in the Grand Rapids area now, and. Um, I lived there for six months over a winter, you know, uh, before I permanently moved here to Prescott and 
within those six months, we were kind of church hopping a little bit. They had kind of just moved there a year before and uh, didn't really, hadn't quite landed in a church. So uh, I knew of one church in the Grand Rapids area, a church called Mars Hill uh, that was founded by, by uh, Rob Bell again, mm-hmm. con- kind of controversial church leader, but I was like, oh, that, that'd be fun to just go check that out sometime. So I went in and it's a really cool room. You know, Rob Bell's a, a creative, like a really unique thinker. So all of the spaces that they set up were pretty unique. So it's like, you know, stage in the center, chairs all around sort of situation. So, um, you know, we were just sitting off to the side, kind of behind the stage. And um, all of a sudden, like I'm sitting there, it's pre-service, like looking at the slides or whatever you do pre-service at church, right? <clears throat> and a guy walks in front of me. And I'm like, man, that guy looks really familiar. And uh, big bushy hair, big beard, like just kind of walks, flip-flops, jeans, flannel shirt, walks up, grabs a guitar, and it's David Crowder. And it happened to be like the one of the weekends, like maybe two weeks after Rob had left Mars Hill, they had moved to Southern California doing whatever they were doing. And uh, he was there to lead worship. So it was like literally David Crowder, an acoustic guitar, just leading worship on this kind of more special Sunday as they were trying to re-engage people from the, you know, the lead pastor move. So uh, super unique, really cool opportunity to see him lead worship in the church context. And again, it wasn't a massive church. There's a few hundred people in the room, but it was super cool. He has such big finger, like hands. Does he? His fingers are so long. We met him in <laughs> we met him in Bozier. Yeah. Um, and I was like, dude, your hands. That's why I could play all these crazy instruments and the yeah. weird notes on the guitar. Like it's crazy how long and gangly his fingers are. It's real intriguing. Yeah. So that would be cool in a small setting. It was neat. To like yeah. not be a concert, but just Andy, like, like worship. Again, there was probably half the room that maybe didn't even know who, because he didn't say, like, hey, I'm David Crowder, by the way. It was just like, hey, I'm just leading worship. That's awesome. <laughs> so, that would be cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Well, hey, let's dive into the message from Sunday. Um, this past week, we were in Romans chapter 16, uh, the first of two parts there, uh, verses 1 through 16. And it's really, uh, as you mentioned, Jason, you know, we had, we've got kind of the conclusion of the letter, the body of the letter is done. Now we've got the, and some of the details, some of the uh, the thank yous and the, hey, greet these people for me when you see them sort of send offs from Paul. Um, and uh, again, I know the body had so much deep contents, deep biblical content. And now we're in this space to where it's, okay, so why is this important that he's saying you need to go say hi to all these people to welcome them and to greet them well? Um, and I think you did a good job of pulling out just some of these really unique stories from the names that we often probably just read right past and don't even consider, uh, you know, who these people are. So great job on that. Um, we do have a couple of que- uh, really one question that I think we can really dig into. But before that, was there anything that stood out to you guys as you were working through this text? It's my favorite sermon so far. Trying to listen to you say those names brought <laughs> such joy to my life. It's fantastic. Oh, I was never more excited to be. I got like, Rufus down. Yeah, me that's, and Rufus. That's a, we got that. We I know people. Rufus. I know I, a Rufus. I do too. So, it's a Kentucky name. Yeah. There's, oh, that's funny. That was like mm, we're in the feeling good about that one. That was <laughs> though. I told your mom that I was like, "Yep, I knew that this was going to be the one that I absolutely loved because." The way in which you try to pronounce things is kind of similar to me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even know how I'd say that either. Corey, though, did a really good job. He did. He did I a gave great him job. a major shout out. He did. For sure. It did take him a few takes. <laughs> and, but those names are wild. And you're right. That was the nobody's naming their kids those names. No. 
uh-uh. they're not naming any of that. No. Yeah, those are the ones like, how do you, how do you say that? Trifosa is not on anybody's daughter's uh, name list. And I right? and I've been in you know Louisiana and the culture that I was in, black folk they have some off the chains names, a lot of apostrophes, a lot of apostrophes. I did think about that as a content for our banter this morning, and I was like, that's probably going to go sideways. Yeah, so real fast. Go there. <laughs> But it is sometimes you'll look at it and go, man, I don't even know how to say that. A-A-Ron. A-A-Ron. All of the Gen Xers get that one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. That was So, I mean, I learned stuff too, but I just really enjoyed yep. three services of you going, man, I, I want to say it. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Jason, anything as you were uh, working through this that stood out to you? Uh. No, not any more than what we talked about in the message. I d- again, I just think it's cool that this is part of the scriptures for us. Like, again, we, this is part of the inspired word of God for us. There is something for us to learn and to gather from it. And I think just the way that Paul's interacting with his church, um, it is an example for us of how we should view people and ad- admire them and greet them and love them and uh, this is a moment of their shout out. They are one of the things that scripture, or yeah, one of the things that scripture tells us is that the word of God will live forever. This is going to be around. These Rufus is going to have a story for all of eternity, and so it's it's cool. So I think I'm just grateful that it's part of the story, and uh, that we get to kind of piece some of it together and and chat through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's dig into the question. Uh, we only had the one question this week, uh, but I feel like we can probably spend a fair bit of time on it here. Uh, here's what it says. It says, thank you for your message today, affirming the importance of women in ministry uh, and in the church. Since we see women in the Bible working alongside of Paul and Jesus to spread the gospel and teach as well, how do we answer those who say that women should not teach or exercise authority over a man, but keep silence as Paul writes in first Timothy chapter two. So how would you tackle that one? Josh, won't you start? I, <laughs> I, I, this is what I will say. <laughs> I was just kidding. No, no, I will say. So I took this class in college first Timothy. Oh, interesting. And our professor was really great at how he taught. He was uh, professor Snyder was his name. He just taught, he taught all sides and you really had to pin him down to go, Hey, what do you believe professor? Yeah. And he usually wouldn't tell you because he just didn't matter. But when he got to this, he goes, this is what I'll say. There are churches that believe both sides of this. Yeah. Don't go to a church and try to impose your will on the opposite side and explode the church. Yeah. Find one that works with your theological beliefs. Don't be that person yeah. that goes in there just to drop bombs because you're 20 and think you know everything. And like, I kind of was like, but I get that so much more now. Yeah. Like to see that how this can be so... A divisive and to go when you're 20 i'm gonna go in there i'm gonna i'm gonna tell all these people they're wrong on how they see this whichever side you fall on so that was really the only thing he said and he really didn't even tell us now i kind of knew we got to be real good friends with him but that i remember that stuck out in my mind with what i guess would be the first open-handed issue thing and that was exactly where i was going to start like this we have to to put the language to it that we've used over the last month this is squarely in the hand of disputable matters. Like there are good, God-fearing, Jesus-loving, Bible-believing, spirit-filled people who see this differently, and that's okay. And so we have to recognize that and be okay with that. So uh, some churches think 
that when Jesus said, there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, uh, slave nor free, but all are one in Christ Jesus, that that removed all limits uh, for roles in the church. And they would have pastors, women who teach. Um, Josh and I have a really, we know a, a young lady who is a great teacher, grew up in the same church that we did. And she's a great teacher. And she is uh, on a on a staff in a church in California. Her and her husband planted this church. And she does an amazing job. And so we, this isn't like a foreign thing for, for me. I mean, I know churches that do this. And, um, and so they look at it one way. There are others who would say, no, they very much more um, traditional that women can't be pastors. They'll call them directors. They'll call them uh, ministers, but they'll never be a pastor. And so they set that distinction and they're fine to do teaching in a youth ministry or a women's ministry or a children's ministry, but not in a uh, an environment where they're in front of the whole church. And so, the, and then there are some who have a little bit of uh, almost a little bit of an in between that a woman could teach with the authority given to her by her husband or by an elder board, but she wouldn't actually be the lead pastor and part of a teaching team. So there's all sorts of ways that churches have dealt with this. Um, here's what I would say where, well, let me just tell you where our church lands when it comes to this and maybe where I land where it comes to this. In our church, what we would say, what our elders have uh, talked about, and there's a whole article, I think it's still on our website, about complementarianism uh, on our website. So you can go back and, and see that if you want. What we would say is there's the only role that we would say biblically from our understanding of Scripture that a woman should not hold in the church would be that um, elder role. So elder um, would include the lead pastor, in our view, the, that would be the elder of double honor. So a woman as the lead pastor would not be a role that we would have um, in our church. Uh, we have had women who have taught from our stage at different times and seasons in our church's history, um, but we would not have a woman who is an elder. And if we go to that text, so for those of you who don't know, 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 2, let's, just for our listening audience, maybe you're driving and got your, uh, don't have a Bible open, but 1 Timothy, the verse that she's referencing, the question is coming from, is uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting verse 11 says, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. Now, so that's the, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the headline, right? That she shouldn't teach or assume authority, which is different than the deacon role. The deacon role is a servant role. It's not an authoritarian role. When most of our most of us have known of small churches and they've got an elder board and a deacon board and you got more deacons than elders and the deacons outvote the elders. It's a mess. That wasn't what, biblically, that's not the picture. Like 
It wasn't a deacon board. Deacons just serve. That's what they do. And so when we talk about Phoebe as a deacon, it's not an authoritarian role. It's a role of service. When you go back to the first seven deacons in Acts chapter 4, they weren't leading. They weren't a, a board. It was just they were doing the, the work of ministry. Six. Six? Is it six? Is it six? Go. Yeah. Feels yeah, like they, they definitely weren't recording their minutes. There you go. No, probably that's not. Right. <laughs> well, they did because we've got it. They, well, well, that's, yeah. They, good were, okay. they were serving food. That's what they were doing. <laughs> they were taking care of widows uh, in the church. But, but it wasn't a board. It wasn't an authoritarian. It was just these people are filled with the Spirit. They love the Lord, and they serve. And that's what a deacon biblically is. So, so that role isn't an authoritarian role. The elder is an authority role. It is people who are tasked with the role of leading the church. That is the the role of an authoritarian. Like that's the, but they do it out of love and grace in the best interest of the church. But it's it is a role that uh, that comes with authority in the church. So that's where we would distinguish that. So again, people would look and say, many people look at this text in First Timothy and say. Well, it was uh, contextual to the church in Ephesus. He's writing to Timothy, who's a pastor of Ephesus, and Paul was just dealing with issues there. The Ephesian women were out of control. Like, that's that's the argument. And they weren't fit to lead, and so he lays this down as a rule and example. It's, it's cultural. It's an issue in that church, and it doesn't apply to all people at all times. Here would be my rebuttal to that. My rebuttal comes in the very next verse. So again, let me pick it up in verse 12. Paul says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. Verse 13 says, for, here's the reasoning, because, here's my, he says in verse 12, this is the rule, woman should not teach or assume authority over a man, for, the basis of his argument for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one who was deceived. It was the woman who was, the, who was deceived and became a sinner. So Paul's argument for why a woman should not be teaching in the church was not cultural. It had nothing to do with the culture of Ephesus. It had nothing to do with the culture of the first century. His argument goes all the way back to creation. It goes back to Genesis chapter 2 and 3. Like, that's why, because Adam was formed first. There is a headship that God placed on Adam, and that carries forth in Paul's mind all the way to the church in Ephesus. So he doesn't use culture. He uses creation as the reasoning for why a woman should not be teaching in the church. Um, So all of that to say, what I would say is that Every opportunity for ministry in the church is open to men and women, save one. Like, we want to try to box this in and make it seem like women are excluded from it. It's not the case. There is one role that we would say, biblically, that, that men should step up to lead, that it actually leads to the flourishing of both men and women when the men are willing to shoulder the weight of this leadership. It's, it is a burden, and for those who have done it, they have felt it. I've had elders walk off of the elder board and come back a year later and say, man, it, I had no idea the burden that I was carrying because of the weight of this, this leadership. And so 
it it is a burden. And so we would say that because of what Paul says that through creation, that that should be the weight that men bear on behalf of the church. Um, but every other role in the church should be open to to women. And and again, women can teach and they should teach. Uh, uh, Priscilla and Aquila brought Apollos into their home and said, hey, let us teach you the way of the gospel more fully. That's right and good and proper. But this formal teaching in the, in the, the church, uh, we would say that primarily should be men, and the elder role specifically uh, should be men. So hopefully, is that helpful? Yeah, I always look at it with, it's that word authority. That's yeah. the piece, right? I, I, that he put teaching authority together. Yes. So it's like there are times that uh, you are teaching, and it is very authoritative in what it's saying. Not that you're the end-all, be-all of the, right. like, but as our lead pastor, there is some authority. There's your saying things and sharing vision and direction of our church. And so, again, um, speaking of doing communion meditation, like, yeah, let's, you know, that's not a role only reserved to... Correct. To a guy, right? So again, there's those kind of pieces. And I think what this issue, like so many with open hand, is uh, there's a lot of hurt behind it. There's a lot of churches, unfortunately, who have used this to silence ladies and say they have no role and no value in the church. And so I think yesterday was very huge for maybe a lot to hear you say, no, 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 like, man, you are needed. Your gifts are needed. You're a part of the kingdom. You know, the first person that saw Jesus raised was a one, you know what I mean? So Paul wasn't like chauvinistic. Like you said, my dear friend, my coworker, them and my people, they saved my life. And so um, I think people though have used language against it same way, you know, sometimes uh, early slavery, like they didn't want to read the writings of Paul, right? Cause that's what was used. So again, we just have to, keep the context and try to do our best. And, you know, nowhere should our Bible uh, cause people to, to not be in freedom. Right. And like you said, I love the way you use the word flourishing. Like there is something to it. Like when we do, uh, we do how God designed mm-hmm. there, there is even, I, I think of our marriages, you know, again, I'm not the end all be all. My wife have, very open conversations about things, but like sometimes at the end of the day, there's been a few decisions. It's like, okay, Josh, what are we doing? And that's a burden mm-hmm. that I'm carrying. And I'm like, Oh, and I don't want to do that. And it would be easier for me to push away that burden. Right. So that's why it's a call. Just a reminder again to men to like, no, this, and you've been called to do this yep. and, and to do it in a way that actually lifts up yep. the whole community. Yeah. And you'll be held accountable. Yeah. That's, that's the oh. piece, right? Like that's the weight of the whole thing is there is a level of accountability as a result of, you know, us understanding our responsibility. Um, and I, I did, I do love Josh that you had pointed out that this is just such a clear example of the open-handed to close-handed within the church. Cause I've got, I mean, close friends that would totally disagree on this issue. Yeah. And I've got a pastor friend that I've been connected with in Arizona, just North of here. And he has women elders on his. Yeah. And, we hang out and we love each other and we've talked about this, but I recognize he sees it different and that's okay. We still love each other. It's an open-handed issue. It's not yeah. a disfellowshipping kind of thing. Um, 
They just say it different. And there are people that have, unfortunately, there are, you know, full uh, um, denominations that have made it such a close-handed issue. Yeah. And that's hard yes. because there is hurt from that for people who, whether they're in that denomination or leave them, that sort of thing. It's it's all they've ever known. I had this conversation three weeks ago um, because you, I think Josh maybe made a comment. Uh, what Was it last time you preached? There was a comment that you made and there was someone that heard something into it that you didn't say. Oh. And they came up and asked at Pastor's Point really humbly and just were like, hey, I'm just curious on this thing. And uh, women on the platform at all came up in that conversation and she was like oh i just what the church i come from we never that was never okay like we would have never allowed a woman on the platform Hmm. and i was able to have that conversation and say hey well there's this we actually have this woman on staff that comes from the exact church background you came from and we've had those conversations we've worked through that we've helped her see the value in her hosting or doing a communion meditation and how much value it adds to our church at large so a lot of it is just, hey, what's your church background and what were you taught about this from a young age and that sort of thing versus what does scripture really say uh, about it? So, Well, uh, I mean, we've come from churches where women couldn't even serve communion. Like you couldn't pass the plate. Oh, it was it was wild. It, we yeah. may have at one point been a church where women couldn't <laughs> pass the plate. I didn't plate. want to go there. Okay, but well. yeah, there, it was, you couldn't, and which always baffled me because I'm like, so it's okay it, so the man has to the it has to be a man passing it in the aisle, but it's okay if my wife passes it to me. So there's, it's like weird. It's like, well, I didn't get it from a man. I was, it was coming down the row, and there was a woman sitting beside me. So does that make it wrong? The that- first time I asked my wife to do it, we were church planning. It was strictly just a numbers game. Like I, we just didn't have any. You know, you're brand new, first one. You yeah. know, I need you to pass this tray for me. She kind of looked at me like. I can do that. I was like, I feel like, yeah, I think you can. I, like, there's, I, there's I, nothing biblical. Yeah, I think we're okay here. I don't think uh, we're gonna. You're like putting those little cups in there, so like you're touching it, like yeah. it's filling that juice up. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Thomas who set the get the meal together for the Passover. I'm guessing there was some lady uh-huh. serving set that meal out that gave the bread to Jesus. But it is those cultural contexts, like Brendan's saying, that people, both sides, they automatically hear you say the word complementarian. They go, oh, that's what this means. And like, because there's some hardcore, like just, and then there's the other ones, you know, that they, they're they're like, oh my gosh, I I couldn't even believe there's no way, right? Or they come from a church maybe that, that does have women in leadership. I have a good friend too. He served at a church, had women elders, and now he serves at a church that doesn't. And for him, it's just not a big deal. He said at first it was, yeah. and he was like, man, I don't know if I can go on this staff. And he talked to people he trusted and leaders, and he ultimately, like the conviction went away, right? Which we go back to with Paul, right? Yeah. If you're convicted by it in your own life, then you should probably do it right. Which again, is what my professor said so long ago, that's why it stayed with me. Like, don't go blow a church up for no reason because that's what we see with so many of these and this one is especially true man they're just trying to take so again if you fall in the other view have the conversation you know if you're listening to jason going i don't think that's right man set up a time to chat with with him or brendan or i like let's have the conversation let's do it in a way that's healthy and ultimately at the end of the day if you were to say hey man maybe this isn't for me 
man, we could help you find places that you could still worship and honor Jesus with. But I think that we've made this such a a big issue. It all has been so let me oh, jump so in frustrating. And, <clears throat> let me jump in and make an argument, maybe unnecessarily, um, but I feel like I need to say it. Sometimes in our culture, um, faith in Jesus or Christianity in general gets pegged as anti-women that we're going to make them subject and put them down and that women need to rise above the patriarchy of religiosity and be free. And here, here's what I would say to that. Everywhere the gospel has gone and taken root, women's lives are better. Like everywhere the gospel goes and it makes a difference on the culture Women are uplifted, they are set free, they are given more rights and freedoms, and they are given more respect and honor than any time else. Think about today in the world, places that have been impacted by the gospel. Think about places primarily in the West where Christianity is has been the main religious and uh, institution for the last 400 years. Think about women in those cultures as opposed to women in cultures like the Middle East or, you know, uh, China or Thailand or Indonesia or Japan or North Korea. Look at the way women are treated in the places where the gospel has taken root, and you will find women who are flourishing. You look at the lives of women in places where the gospel has not impacted a culture, and you will find women in the most suffering. And so this is why we have to look at the scripture and say, what is the, what is the impact when men live out what scripture teaches about women? How, if they honor them as they honor themselves, if they if men love their wives as Christ loved the church, if we if we lift them up in a way, you every time you see a culture where men are trying to live biblically, the lives of women and children always get better. Where culture does not expect men to live biblically, the lives of women and children, specifically young women and young children, they get much worse. So I always want to put that context out there. Just look at the fruit of of the outcome of where the gospel has taken root and what it does in the lives of women. And that makes perfect sense when you understand the gospel. Yeah. Like it makes perfect sense that you would, right, exist to serve, not be served yeah. as a as a man in the local church. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I mean as we even just see the the way that Jesus went about his own life. Like it it wouldn't that that's how it should be, right? Yeah. So that, that's good. Yeah, Jesus gave lots of honor to women. Oh my gosh! Throughout yeah. his ministry, yeah, that's really good. Um, hey, let's talk just a little bit. I know uh, we talked about this last week, uh, just for a minute. But um, next week, what are we trying to do with the podcast next week, Jason? We want to hear your stories. We want to hear 
as you have set through, many of you have set through almost a year of working through the book of Romans with us, we would just love to hear how God has used this book to impact your life or your family. What has he taught you? What have you learned? What changes have you made? What What's some dots that he's connected along the way? We just want to hear how this series has made an impact on your life and your family and your faith. So, Give us your stories. So send them in through the podcast, send them through the website, send them through the, uh, there's a text number you can send them to. Okay, so don't do any of the things he just said. Instead of doing any of that, let's go ahead and just open up your (laughs) brand new, newly updated app. So go there you go. If you got the Quad City app, just go ahead and update it. We've got this big update coming that if you weren't around on Sunday when we talked about it, uh, allows you to have your own personalized dashboard with specific messaging for you um, based on the ways that you've engaged with our church, all these things that we consider um, to be good practices, best practices of people trying to live a life close to Jesus. Uh, we would just want to make it really, really easy for you to see those things and engage in them uh, as you feel called. Um, so that there's a whole new dashboard. It's a really, really good way to stay engaged. In fact, it's the best way to stay engaged and up to date on what's going on here at Quad City. But a part of that dashboard over the course of the next week, if you pop onto it, uh, starting today, by the way, you'll see a, a message directly to you that just says, hey, tell us about the Roman series. We just want to uh, get your feedback. And you can just click on the little button at the bottom of that message and send them a note to us. So we would love to cover as many of those as possible. Uh, again, there's a a big piece to that that is just going to be mutually encouraging. We've spent, you know, 43 weeks in yep. the book of Romans. So at the end of it, being able to stop, pause, and remember the way that the Spirit of God moved as we digested and, and exegeted this text, um, I, I think that's going to be a really encouraging moment for us. Yeah. So you guys listen to us talk all the time. That's what this podcast is. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what God's teaching you. So please send us uh, your stories uh, throughout the, the whole series. Go back. I actually had somebody this weekend uh, tell me they had to go back and went and listened to the first couple uh, sermons in the book of Romans. They thanked me for the way that we had connected some of the stuff from the end back to the beginning, and it was really helpful. So go back to your notes. Go back to your notebook that you have and 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 be reminded again, so much of ministry is just reminding. It's been a long time since we were back in chapters one through five. So go back and just remember what it was to be in the the throes of sin. And then to hear there is a righteousness now available from God through Jesus Christ, which comes by faith. Like go sit in that again. It's amazing. So just tell us your stories. We want to hear it. We would love just to sit on here and to read those and interact with your all's thoughts. Uh, through this series. Yeah, that's really good. So uh, again, like I said, uh, go ahead and update your app if you already have it. If you don't have it yet, uh, just go to your app store, either the Google Play Store or iTunes App Store, search Quad City, and you'll find it really quickly there. Uh, If you've got an Android, you've got to do that anyways, because the update didn't take on the app that you currently have. So you'll just have to delete that one and go ahead and download it from the Google Play Store. But it's a really quick, quick process. Uh, and just that first message right at the top should say, tell us about the Roman series. So go ahead and do that. Uh, we are really looking forward to talking more about that next week. All right, guys, any other notes before we take off for the day? No, it's going to be a good week. Well, yep. Almost. I mean, we're done. Almost. One yeah. more. One more. One more. Woo. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk again real soon. 
All right. Well, that is a wrap on episode 43 of the Gospel for Everyone podcast. Thanks so much for joining us and continuing on with this episode to the very end. As always, if you ever have any questions or comments from Sunday's message, we do encourage you to join us at quadcity.church Romans, where you can submit those questions to be answered right here on the podcast. And like I mentioned at the end of our conversation, we do encourage you to go to your app store and either update or download for the first time the Quad City app. The Quad City app now allows you to stay up to date on the things that you're doing to engage with Jesus and his local church here in the Quad City area. You can do things like schedule a baptism, get into a group, engage in leading as a volunteer in some capacity, and you can also connect to all of our events or anything that's going on here at the church. This is by far the very best way to stay engaged here at Quad City, and we do hope you take that step by downloading our app today. Well, thanks again for joining us for this time today. We hope you have a great day, and we'll see you again real soon.